three and one hour in the house of the Lord is better than thousand elsewhere. Amen. Um, in uh, Psalm 84, it says that. Let me just remind myself to make sure that I'm quoting that correctly. What does it say? Um, Brother Dennis is unwell. We prayed for him on Friday. That's why he's not here today. May the Lord raise him up. Blessed are those who dwell in, the, in your house. They will still be praising you. Uh -huh. Blessed are those who dwell in the house of the Lord. They will still praise God. In other words, it's, it's a hit here. You dwell in the house of the Lord. You continue to praise. Strengthened by your fellow believers. That's what it is. Said on Friday that sometime I'm at home, extremely busy, praying with the family, etc. But when I come here and we gather together, we pray. It's a different experience altogether. I hear other people praying, different level of walking with the Lord God, different level of maturity, benefiting from other people, uh, ministries and talent and spiritual supernatural qualifications. We praise the Lord for that. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. Is your heart set on pilgrimage? I said the other day, when you in transit, in transit, your eyes are focused on the screen. When they say gate 32, body, you run. Let our hearts, our eyes, be set on the board for the trumpet shall sound. Christ is coming. Amen. We said on Friday that our hearts need to be in heaven when Christ is, and our mind must be Christ's mind, but our feet must be on the ground. God said to Joshua, every place the sole of your feet will Right? You have to. So we have to work. God leading us doesn't mean that we need to be idle. Now, God is against laziness. Remember, we are living stones. Living stones. In the building up of the church, the house of God, you and I are living stones. Paul said, you are God. You are God filled. So if we say we are serving God, we are building up His church. Everyone, according to the measure of grace the Lord has imparted to you. That's how the whole building is raised. Through you and I. Dear brothers and sisters, everyone's history is being written both in this church and elsewhere. So on Tuesday, in, let's say, in 60 years time, I don't know how many of us will be here. But someone will go in the archive and will read something. That there was a lady called Linda who used to faithfully serve the Holy Supper. There was a sister who worked tirelessly to have the building heated, etc. There was a brother who prayed and influence the whole congregation. And I heard our son Salim say to me that I am a Christian according to the order of Allah. <laughs> you see, you have an order now to teach children how to memorize scriptures. <laughs> Take them and teach them how to memorize scriptures. It's good. Etc. Everyone's history is being written in this church one day. If we miss it, if someone missed to record it, God will not miss. On that day, everyone's work will be revealed. So serve the Lord with gladness and faithfulness. Do not work against the church. No. Don't. You can't say you love Christ and work against this church. It doesn't work. Jesus Christ told Paul of Saul of Tarsus, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He was persecuting the church. He was working against the church interest. 
The Bible says there will come a time when people will persecute the believers thinking they're doing justice to God. I don't want this, the old hypocrite. Why? Well, I said to you on Tuesday that someone came to me and said, I don't come to the church because everyone is hypocrite. I said, thank you very much. Well, say I'm one of them. And there is still a room for one more unless you think you are perfect. They run away. The church. The love for the church. Love the church. That's the true sign. When I say love, I always put the card. I say God's love, not Hollywood's love. Because you see, there's something that's going on. Oh, there's no love. Everyone is defining love according to themselves. Nobody's calling me. Nobody's saying hello to me. No, therefore, there's no love. But they're not doing anything for anybody. They want all the attention on themselves. There's no love. Love is there. Is there. We call each other. I even heard some people give gifts to people in this congregation. People call, people assist. We've had bereaved, bereaved people here. We prayed for John Christopher on Saturday. People are giving gifts. Which love do we want? What do we want? Put burden to make people fulfill useless. That's the work of the enemy. That's what that. You do what you're supposed to do. Do unto others what you do unto others. Start with do, not do not. Do. It's active. There's no calling people. Then why don't you call people? I said to my brother, I said, stop those kind of prayer. Pick up your phone and call someone. See how it's easy to spend 45 minutes in a busy day with someone. See how it's easy. Now, we should not be pa, 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 pa. act. Build the church. We came on Friday, praise the Lord. If you think four hours in praise the Lord, we run out of time. <laughs> we run out of time. Eleven of us, we run out of time. At midnight, we, let's do let's pray quickly. Let's keep this, let's keep this. <sighs> gone. You either do it or you don't. Time is gone. Tomorrow is gone, we look forward, and reward are accumulated in heaven. Because God will water those who water. Remember, what was the sin of the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the Manas, half tribe Manas? What was the sin? If you do not care about your brethren, your sin will find you out. You water, persevere, pray, 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 pray. It was very cold, isn't it? Pray. And if you remember that, if you think that we have, we have no full-time pastor here, but it's you who do, who do the work. Each one of us playing the partition. Here we are. It's been over a year we are in this situation, but God is good because of you. Let us encourage one another. God is good. Everyone's history is being written. One day, it will be revealed before God. In the meantime, work. Do not type. Work. Serve the Lord with gladness and faithfulness. Serve the Lord. Love the brethren. Now, whenever I speak the word love, I have to say something. Because I get slightly annoyed. No. Challenged. With the definition of the word love. We don't need people to love us before we can love them. Love is not optional, it's a commandment from God. And it comes with its own features. Okay, Let's see where we can go now. Loving Father, we bless you once again this morning. We are so filled with your goodness, mercy, and uh, faithfulness, O oh God. Faithful in every way. Lord, you are the unchangeable, unchanging, self-existence, eternal one. We give you praise and glory. You created all things. You were not created from eternity unto eternity, O God. Faithful one and so unchanging, God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, our God, the glory of Israel, our strength, the horn of our salvation. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in the trouble. In you we put our trust. Bless us, Lord, with your Holy Spirit. Deliver us, Lord, from the spirit of error. Open our heart. Teach us, Lord, what you want us to know and to learn in order to be equipped for the rest of our pilgrimage on this earth till you return. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord.
Okay, today, Renewing Perspective and Perception, part 3, hopefully the last part of this. Renewing Perspectives and Perception, a study of the book of Philemon. We're reading the whole chapter, Philemon. Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our beloved friend and fellow laborer, to the beloved Athia, Atopus, our fellow soldier, and to the church in your house, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 4. I thank my God, making mention of you always in my prayers, hearing of you your love and faith, which you have towards the Lord Jesus and toward all the saints that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you, in Christ Jesus. Verse 7. For we have great joy and consolation in your love, because the heart of the saints have been refreshed by you, brother. Therefore, though I might be very bold in Christ to commend you what is fitting, yet for love's sake I rather appeal to you, being such a one as Paul the age, and now also a prisoner of Jesus Christ, I appeal to you for my son, Onesimus, whom I have begotten while in my chains, verse 11, who once was unprofitable to you, but now is profitable to you and to me. I am sending him back, you therefore receiving, that is my own heart, whom I wished to keep with me that on your behalf he might minister to me in my chain for the gospel. 14. But without your consent, I wanted to do nothing, that your good deed might not be by compulsion, as it were, but voluntary. Verse 15. For perhaps he departed for a while for this purpose, that you might receive him forever, no longer as a slave, but more than a slave, a beloved brother, especially to me, but how much more to you, both in flesh and in the Lord. If then you count me as a partner, receive him as you would me. But if he had wronged you, or owes anything, put that on my account. I, Paul, am writing with my own hands. I will repay. Not to mention to you that you owe me even your own self besides. 20. Yes, brother, let me have joy from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in the Lord. Having confidence in your obedience, I write to you, knowing that you will do even more than I say. 22. But meanwhile, also prepare guest room for me, for I trust that through your prayers I shall be granted to you. Paphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, greet you as do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, Look at my fellow laborers, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you, with your spirit. Amen. Amen. Now, you know, uh, from the book of the Acts, the four pillars of the Christian life, the doctrine of the apostles, prayers, breaking of bread and fellowship. Those things, you cannot do them on your own. We have to come together. It's written, do not forsake your assembly. You can't do those things on your own. You have to come together, including sharing a meal, come together, praying together, fellowshipping with one another. That's the only way we're going to grow. You know, there is a trap. If I do things in my own corner, I begin to think that I'm doing well. But when I'm confronted with other believers, my patience is put to test. Do you understand? You have to be patient. We are people from different backgrounds, different understanding, different level of maturity, etc. So we interact. There could be frictions. Therefore, the fruit of the Holy Spirit are brought to maturity, are stirred up through interaction with one another. How do you exercise patience? Patience in your own corner. How do you do that? How do you forgive in your own corner? You see, uh,
Someone say what they find the most difficult thing to apply in the Bible is the fruit of the Holy Spirit in the household, husband and wife. As the fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's easy to apply in the church because you only see people once on Sunday, but husband and wife every day. You know when husband and wife wrong each other, do you know why it's difficult? Because there is the anticipation that they won't change, they will do the same tomorrow. <laughs> so if I forgive today, I know you. I know you. If I forgive, then we do the same tomorrow. That anticipation makes things so difficult. And they live together for 60 years, 50 years, 70 years. Forgive today, forgive tomorrow. The fruit of the Holy Spirit, love, kindness, patience, every day. Before they do wrong, we can even anticipate that they're going to do wrong. It's hard. Stare at one another in love. Context and background, we've already seen that, so we can move. Make sure that we don't run out of time. We can go. After the second part, someone came to me and said, Oh, that thing about moving trees is really defined. Someone said to me, as I was commenting on Mark 8, 22 to 26, remember that story? The blind man who was healed at Bethsaida, after, out of the town, the Lord laid his hand upon him and said, what do you see? You see, I see people, but like moving trees. Mm. He needed a second touch from the Lord in order to see distinctly, to see people as human beings. I told you that uh, New, King, New King James Version says, I see men like trees walking. Darby and ASV, I behold them as trees walking. Those are people. Complete Jewish Bible, I see people, but they look like walking trees. God World Version, they look like tree walking around. And I like the Holman Christian Standard Bible. I see people, they look to me like trees walking. I see people, they are people. But to me, they look like trees walking. Oh. Oh. He took a second touch from God in order for the person to see these are fellow human beings to consider and to respect. This mini-series here is a character building teaching. It's very curious, surprising that one book will take three sessions. I'm going to conclude today. I'm not even convinced that I've concluded. But I'm going to put an end on it. Let's stop. We are the people of God. We are the salt and light in this world. Now, we can pretend by being here together. It's Sunday after all, two hours together. Everyone can look like an angel. <laughs> what do people say in our workplace? I hear a lot of Christians complaining, oh, they persecute me, they persecute me. Mm. Persecute me, persecute me. Okay. <laughs> Maybe we need a little bit survey in our working place <laughs> to understand how we behave. Remember the story I told you the other day? Someone was waiting at the reception and he came and said, Who are you waiting for? She is my sister in Christ. I'm waiting for. Oh, she's a Christian. Oh, she's a Christian. Yeah, she's sitting quiet. Oh, that was the reputation of the place. So you hear quite a lot about being persecuted at work. They behave. I've managed people, Christians. They were more problematic than the hidden. They caused me more problem than the hidden. They were more horrible than others. Mm -hmm. Testimony. 
people say about you. I'm not expecting them to clap for you because those who desire to live godly will be persecuted. If you persecute for righteousness sake, that's for God's glory. But there is another kind of persecution. The Bible says, no, don't suffer for that. Don't suffer for busybody, gossip, and stealing, and lying. Well, if you suffer for that, in which sense is God glorified? Well, you may say you are persecuted, but you <laughs> it's for your own sake, not for Christ's sake. So let us be true Christ ambassadors in our workplace and behave. In particular, if we are in a position of leadership. Do you want to see true humility? Is when you are in a position of leadership at work. You can dismiss people, you can decide on their performances, you can decide to increase their salary, you can make them redundant, you have power. That way we can see humility, truthfulness, and fairness as a believer. I see people, they look to me like trees walking. Today, some practical application of the book of Philemon, eight applications in total. Remember we went from the general, seeing the effect of uh, Christianity on uh, the abolition of slavery, uh, there were some sometimes I don't know what to say you know when I hear things like the church has contributed to the persecution of the Jewish people now I get trouble I don't, I don't feel like calling back the church no. Well, at most, I may call that Christendom. Christendom, but not the church. The world, the church is big. The church is the body of Christ. How can the body of Christ persecute the people of Christ? How? Why are we calling that the church? And even today, we hear a lot of accusations against the church. This is happening because of the church. The church has compromised. Which church has compromised? Which church? We pray against those things. LGBTQ, we pray against it. Christian organizations are lobbying against it. We pray. Believers are being arrested. They lose jobs because of that. So which church are we accusing them? Well, there's something called church, but it's not. Remember in the book of Revelation, the church is called the bride of Christ, but there is a woman in the book of Revelation who say, I I need nobody. She said, but that is a parody. That's not the bride. That's just a woman. Uh, an imposture. That posed as the bride of Christ. Now, if that's what people call church, that's something else. And that is going down in history full of the blood of the true beliefs of Jesus Christ. Yet posing as the bride of Christ. It's not. Christ will make her desolate one day. Will destroy her. She will be at conflict with the Antichrist, with Babylon, etc. We will come back to that. God will it next week. God will it next week. Maybe we will start again the book of Revelation. God will it. So too much accusation about the church. Uh, like you, I feel like I am a a defender of the church like you. The true church, the body of Christ. Because the body of Christ cannot persecute Christ. So those accusations are not to be put on the church. It is the false church. Full of the blood of Jesus for us. A Christian cannot kill another Christian. Believers died for what? For refusing to bow before the Eucharist. For refusing to worship Mary, they died. For refusing to recognize that the Pope was the rightful representative of Christ. Vicarious Philippe Day. No. Vicarious Christi. No. No Christi. 
The people have died for that. What is happening today? Oh, let's go back. Let's forget what, what, what divides us and let's come together in unity with Rome. Why? Rome is not interested in coming together in unity. They're interested in swallowing you up. So that everybody will come under the Eucharist. That's the worship of the Son, etc. Some practical application of the book of Philemon. Eight application total. Number one, Christian ethics. Now, I don't like the word ethics. I struggle with that word. Do you know why? Because the word ethics, ethics, as far as I'm concerned, it's quite relative. You find that concept promoted in Buddhism. In fact, the word ethics, as it's promoted nowadays, has its roots in Buddhism. You define what is good and what is bad. They have systematically replaced the word morality by ethics because morality suggests the idea of having God behind it. And people call that Christian morality. Ah, oh, we don't want to hear that. We want ethics. Because you can have atheistic ethics. You can have it. You can have Islamic ethics. You can have professional ethics. That's okay. The letter to Philemon is a brilliant affirmation of the Christian morality. Both Paul and Onesimus were convinced that the right thing to do was for the latter to return to his master, making right the earlier wrong. Making right the earlier wrong. You've wronged someone, if God gives an opportunity, put things right. Put things right. Husband and wife. Learn to put faith right. Not just a quick passing sorry. Sorry is not costly. There was a time where uh, one of my kids here did something naughty and then come to me and sitting there and say, Sorry. I say, No. Say, Forgive me. Let's revive the word forgive. It's costly. Forgive me. Oh. Sorry doesn't cost anything. Husband, wife, sorry, sorry. Forgive me. It's my fault. That cost pride. This may seem strange to the modern mind. Return an escaped slave? What was the cost? What was the risk? What was to die? If you run away from your slave master and you come back or they catch you, they're going to kill you. Paul knew that. And Paul is pleading for Onesimus. He's really pleading. Receive him. Do not harm him. If he's wrong, you put that on my account. The spirit of forgiveness. He's appealing to Philemon's spirit of forgiveness. Just look at Onesimus as if you are looking at me. Maybe that will help. He wasn't imposing. He said, I could. You owe me. I brought you to Christ. You owe me your own life. But I'm not going to force you. I'm pleading with you. Appealing. I said to you the other day, when we approach people to ask them to come into the ministry, you see people integrating and walking, you think it's easy. No. We have to appeal. We have to pray. We have to beg. We have to go to them. You will need only one hour per month, please. Can you? It's not going to be difficult. I'll be there to help. Would you? Would you? You see people coming. It takes time to convince one person to come in the ministry. We can't impose. We can't say, in the name of Christ, come and we can't. We say, please, can you come? We need people. Appealing to people. Appealing to people. To serve Christ. These things are not easy. Otherwise, we run out of people. So, Christian ethics means being truthful and transparent and honest. That's what Paul was saying. He wasn't imposing Onesimus and said, receive him because I'm the apostle. No. He knows that Philemon has been grieved and fairly treated by the slave. And Paul is asking for that. Secondly, we need courage. So first, Christian ethics or morality better. Secondly, courage. 
This letter is also a tribute to courage. Onesimus was a relatively, relatively recent convert, but his passion for doing right was remarkable. Consider the fact that the owner of a slave had complete control over his property. Onesimus had no certain knowledge of the outcome, but went ahead anyway. He was brave. He had no knowledge how Philemon would react. Ian in the Baptist course, we were looking at these things. And we studied that the Christian life requires courage. Even things we may take for granted, like baptism, require courage. Remember Jesus Christ? Traveled a long distance, about 100 kilometers, to go and get baptized. And then he goes there, and John the Baptist said, no, you should be baptizing now, now, now. Let the righteousness of God be fulfilled. John the Baptist was saying the right thing, but the Lord was determined to do what is right before God. So you may have people surrounding you and discouraging you in your work with God. You drink a bit too much. Be cruel. Be cruel. That's too much, you know. You're not Abraham, you're not John the Baptist, you know the church, you know the church, you know. Calm down, calm down. It sounds good, isn't it? Take care of yourself. Have some rest. Seems good, isn't it? I it. It's nice. It's nice. Shouting too much, God sees in your heart, you can pray in your heart. Where Christ says, if you keep quiet, it's totally quiet. Keep it in your heart. The storm will do it for God. <laughs> you see, all those things that are exploiting a bit too much, you're exaggerating, you know, be cool, be kind, be wise, be this. Keep your wisdom. We need God's wisdom. Amen. Christ, I know. Let the righteousness of God be fulfilled. So, what I'm saying here is let no one stops you from running with God. Not out running God, running with God in the race that is set before us. Do not grow cold. You started well. What is discouraging you? What is holding you back? Where is the love for church meetings? Where is the evangelism you used to do before? Where are the prayers you used to spend time praying for people, praying for your family, praying for the unsaved people? Where is it today? Restitution and reparation is important. If you've wronged someone, you can repair together in God's. Remember I said something to you on Tuesday? I'm going to say the name of the person. It's from this church because the person is not here so I can gossip. You, know, you can gossip behind people. You don't gossip in front of people, do you? You can gossip. And I'm 100% convinced that nobody will tell you. I was engaged in a conversation many weeks ago. And... Uh, Someone was really giving me hard time after I had finished to preach like this. And someone was taking me into things on the back somewhere. And uh, a brother was there. His name is Joseph. I'm sure you won't tell him. Joseph Mashi. He was there. And I said to him, Brother Joseph, can you, can you excuse me? Let me just finish this problem. And he said, okay, that's fine. After my conversation, I went back home. I felt so bad. Joseph is a good brother. Very good brother. Special brother. And I felt bad. I said, oh, why did I ask him to excuse us? And I prayed. And I called him to ask for forgiveness. He 
picks up the phone, he says, this is how he answers the phone. Hey, Brother G, how are you? He said, oh, oh, forgive me, I had to leave because I was rushing, I had something to do. He started asking for forgiveness. When I asked, I came to ask for forgiveness. He said, oh, forgive me, I had to rush, but let me finish the conversation. I said, ah, I'm making my life even easier, dear brother. Forgive me, you see what I said to you there? Oh, I felt so bored. And he didn't even mention that. And we went to something else. The Spirit of Christ makes life so much easier with true brothers. I'm 100% convinced that nobody will tell you. <laughs> That's called a gossip. <laughs> makes life so much easier because you can have a little problem with someone. He goes for 10 years. Then he gives to me, then he gives to me, then he gives to me. It's happened again with another sister from this congregation. She's here, so I can't gossip. <laughs> the same thing, and I could have said, uh, Oh, how are you? Oh, forgive me, we couldn't love it. Oh, that makes life so much easier. But there are people don't try. They call it stepping on toes. I said, Oh, in church we step on people's toes. What does that mean? In the ministry, stepping on people's toes. What does that mean? Makes life easier, practical Christianity. Important. Courage, social influence. The book of Philemon is unique for the social impact it has exercised. I'm not expounding on that because I told you all the influence this book has had on the abolition of slavery. The providence of God. This epistle is also an affirmation of the reality that God's way past finding out. God's ways are best. You've been reading the book of Ruth. All four chapters have to be read in one day, right? Yeah. On our list, on our schedule, on one day. But can you see how God was in the background working? Is that believable? In Naomi and Ruth, what God was doing and the final outcome is unbelievable. We call that God providence. God knows in your life. Give God space to work in your life and see what God can do when someone surrendered totally their life to him. See what God can do. God providence. Persuasion versus power. We are brothers and sisters in this church. You're going to smile at this. If I come to you and I say, I want you to preach next Sunday, you will feel I'm out of mind, won't you? <laughs> Why is he saying that? I'm not his child. I can't. Why is he saying that? Now? If I say, can you do this? You will feel now, that is exercising power and it's not biblical. We have appeal. Paul is persuading Philemon to do the right thing. He's using the word appealing. You appeal to people. People are human beings. They treat with respect. But guess what? Some people don't receive respect. But what I'm saying is if you exercise love and that love is not received, it's outside your control. Your responsibility before God is to continue to exercise that, but you don't have control on the reaction. You can pray about it and continue to love. Have the spirit of love in you, exercise it, but you don't have control. You come to love and you receive an intended outcome. What do you do? Perception and vision. Perhaps he was separated from you for a season that you might have him forever. That is the idea of eternity. Maybe he ran away from you, that is going to meet with Christ, and in eternity you're going to meet him forever. Paul is appealing to Philemon. Discernment. This was an unprofitable person. Now he is profitable to me 
and certainly to you. And now, he is your brother for eternity. Change in perception. Understanding, discerning the body of Christ. We are brothers and sisters for eternity. I don't know what it will look like when we find ourselves in eternity. Having served the Lord together here, having had a glimpse of worshiping God as we did this morning. But in eternity, do it in a supernatural way with Christ himself there, not getting tired, brothers and sisters, and recognizing one another. Think about that. Now that Onesimus is a beloved brother, these two will enjoy a different relationship with one another. Thus the relationship is not merely one of time, but of eternity. And that relationship will endure beyond the reality of this world. Refreshing the brethren's heart, verse 20. Therefore, as we have an opportunity, Galatians 6.10, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Remember what I told you on Tuesday. Excuse me, we're going to overrun slightly today by a few minutes. Remember what I told you on Tuesday. There are believers who are happier when they are with the unbelievers. When you see them in the congregation, they're always sad. Everyone is bad, everyone is a hypocrite, everyone is... But if you see them with the baggage, they all fight. All the time. But the church is always bad, bad. That is a sign of something not right. Not right. Not right. When the Lord is working in someone's life, you hear that the Lord has blessed someone with something, you know, there is a birth in a family, there is a marriage, there is a promotion, someone is doing well, is working well with the Lord, etc. That should be refreshing, isn't it? We've had a good time of praise and worship. Oh, praise the Lord. Why would you rejoice? Because you prayed for it. Because you prayed, Lord, help us today. Be in our midst. Strengthen us, Lord. Help us to worship. When you see those things happening, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, because you prayed for if you don't, everything is bonnet, blah, blah, bonnet. It's the same. God visits the congregation is a curse. Because for some people. But if you pray for those things, you know, I'm praying for someone who is sick, then you see the person in the congregation. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Refresh the heart of the brethren. Remember how Peter had to learn the hard way in the book of Acts? He had the same problem. I'm a Jewish person. We don't eat the unclean things. In his mind, even the Gentile, Gentile Christians were unclean. God had to teach him the hard way. And that resulted in a renewed perception of God's grace toward humankind. In Acts 10.34, then Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth I perceive that God shows no partiality. Peter learned to discern the body of Christ. Peter had to wait that time to understand that God shows no partiality. So all this time was leading the church with issues. He did not know that Christ died for everybody. We need God's touch. Those things are a reality. Because of the background where people are coming from. I told you the other day, some people come from places where men don't respect women. Therefore, when they come in the church, it's the same. Because of their own background, that needs to change in the church. Some children came from places where they are worshipped. When you come in the church, you have to put things right. Some ladies come from a place where they say emancipation, you know, equality, etc., etc. They come and no, I don't believe, I don't pray. We have to put things right. 
Paul told Timothy, if I deny you should know the way to conduct in the house of God, which is the pillar and the ground of the truth, there is a learning process in the house of God. Good. Mutual respect, humility is important. Have you noticed that the great apostle Paul refers to his companion as fellow workers? He's one of the greatest apostles, but he referred to others as fellow workers. That's called humility. At the recent sanctuary conference I attended, Paul William, who was here last Sunday, taught on humility, and the title of his message was The Magnet of Humility. He said that the lack of humility was the main problem in the church today. That's scary. Christ is humble of heart. How can lack of humility be the main problem? What's the other word for lack of humility? Pride. Oh. That's serious. Why was the devil cast down from heaven? Pride. How can that be the main feature of the church today? Does that concern you? Oh.
outstanding in every way, spiritually and academically, and Joseph. If you think you are strong, think of Samson. There's nothing new under the sun. He has shown you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Micah 6 8. God sees the reality of one state of heart. The heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. Only God can search our heart and know it. Two key elements define the biblical teaching on humility. One, loneliness of mind. Secondly, Esteeming others better than ourselves. These two form the mind of Christ. Question. How can we live in humility in a deserving generation? A self-generation in which pride and rudeness are becoming the norm, including within the church itself, some extent, to some extent, sadly. This contradicts the biblical teaching. In fact, humility is at the heart of a genuine victorious Christian living, genuine fellowship and service unto God. One tradition revealed that Onesimus became a bishop in Ephesus. If that is true, then it shows you the transforming power of the gospel. The Lord is ready and willing to help us in our weaknesses if we will allow Him. He can change our heart and remove any root of bitterness. He can deliver us from haughtiness and teach us humility. Today will you say to the Lord, all to Jesus I surrender. All to him I freely give. Help of the helpless. Abide with us. I need thee every hour. Will you desperately call on the Lord wholeheartedly and say to him, all to Jesus I surrender. Christ will lead us in the final song. Now, as Christy is leading us in this song, you can sit down, you can stand up. I want you to call out to the Lord for your own life. If these things make sense to me and to you, say, Lord, you know all things. Help me, change me. I want to resemble you. I want to be like you. And God will answer your prayer. Christy will lead us and will close in prayer. Forget whoever is beside you. Bring your heart before God and let's sing together. Glory to Jesus. <clears throat>